Hi everyone, I'm John Weissman, and welcome to the third edition of the Word to the Weissman podcast, which is still a work in progress. Uh, we're still sharing interviews that I conducted in the research for Brothers in Arms, Koufax, Kershaw, and the Dodgers' Extraordinary Pitching Tradition, which uh, is still available, of course, and uh, would love to have you order at tinyurl.com slash dodgerpitchers. Uh, the first two interviews we shared were with uh, Dodger greats Carl Erskine and Bert Hooten. This one's a bit of a different direction as we go with Charlie Huff. Uh, Charlie was primarily a relief pitcher with the Dodgers, and uh, he does get a small section in the book in the relief pitchers chapter, um, but there was a ton of stuff with Charlie, who I spoke to for about half an hour, that I just uh, couldn't get into the book, and he really covers uh, a broad swath of Dodger history. He was drafted in the 60s, and coached for the team in the 90s. So um, although he did play for other teams in between, he does have about you know 30 to 40 years of expertise in the game. Um, he's still part of the organization uh, even into the 21st century, well into the 21st century, and I was fortunate enough to meet him while I worked for the Dodgers a few years ago. Um, so this interview was conducted in January 2017. It was coincidentally um, on Charlie's birthday, <laughs> As uh, I was to discover during the interview, which was uh, uh, I was made me all the more appreciative that he would spend some time talking about uh, baseball with me that day. It's, uh, there's tons of stuff in here. I'm really happy to share it with you. And uh, if you like it, go back and listen to the other ones that you may have missed. And now here is Charlie Huff. Can you uh, clarify for me, like you were drafted as a position player? Is that right? Well. I, I was a pitcher and I pitched, I played third, I played first. Uh, I was probably more drafted as a pitcher, but they wanted to see if I could play first or third. And so what I happened? Mean, it was, uh, what happened? Yeah. A uh, couple of minor problems. I couldn't play third and I couldn't play first and I didn't hit very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some drawbacks there. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. What? Um, so, what kind of pitcher were you when they first signed you? Uh, I was. I guess you'd say I was just an average type prospect. Um, my second year in, uh, I played in the rookie league in Ogden, and the second year I played in the Cal League, and I won sixteen games. I was or fourteen or four in the Cal League and two and one in. Albuquerque in Double A that year, my second year at nineteen. Okay. So I kind of moved from just another guy to a guy that was pretty good. And still a teenager at that time. Yeah, I was nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what were you? Th- what What were you throwing at that time? Um, they said an average fastball. Um, had a good curveball and a good slider. And uh, who are your minor, who are your minor league uh, managers? <laughs> Pretty good. That's one of the advantages in that era to sign with the Dodgers. Uh, my first manager in rookie league was Tommy Lasorda. Okay. My next manager in the Cal League was Norm Sherry. Oh yeah. Same year, '67. Uh, I went to Double A. And the manager was Duke Snyder. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite and, a group. Uh, six, yeah. 
68. I went back to Albuquerque, and the manager was Roger Craig. Huh. That is a well. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, Sixty-nine. <laughs> I'll tell you, sixty-nine. I went back to Albuquerque, and the manager was Del Crandall. Oh yeah. That's five for five, basically. Yeah. What was well, um? Next year, I was with Lasorda. What was Roger Craig like? Oh, he was terrific. You know what? Every guy I played for in the minor leagues in the Dodger organization was a terrific manager. You learned something from every one of them. And was it like, was it sort of a consistent organizational philosophy, or was there much difference between what kind of advice you were getting? I would say in that era, there wasn't like... uh, a major organizational philosophy. It was, which I kind of like, is they looked at everybody and tried to get what they could out of you, you know, and tried to get you to get what you could do. You know what I mean? It wasn't, uh, I guess if we had a philosophy, it would beat the other team. (laughs) Okay. You you know what I mean? Yeah, just win. It wasn't anything that this is what must be done. Uh, the only must be done uh, was we must beat the other team. So was there was there a best piece of advice that you got during that time? Oh, boy, there was, you know what, you got something from everyone. I would say the best was, you know, if you, if you broke out a, a kind of a dumb line, uh, uh, Tommy Lasorda's, you got to believe. <laughs> you know, yeah, you got to believe you're the best. So, when does the knuckleball develop? Um, after um, I pitched, let's see, I did good in '67, '68, and '69. My arm was killing me both years, and we had a minor league pitching coach, uh, a rover named Goldie Holt. And in the instructional league, 69, he showed me how to grip a knuckleball. And how well, how quickly did you take to that? Uh, this is, you know, instructional league, so it's like September 69, spring training 70. Tommy Lasorda keeps me on the AAA team as a relief pitcher. And in August, I was in the big league pitching for the Dodgers. So oh, okay. nothing but a knuckleball. Yeah, so you were... Um, it was pretty quick. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it went so. pretty quick, yeah. And you throw the knuckleball 95% of the time or more? <laughs> you know what? Um, in stretch, I mean, I, the only time I threw something other than a knuckleball when I, when I absolutely had to throw one over the plate, you know, throw a low fastball in there. Okay. I didn't throw a fastball to trick the guy, let's put it that way. It's like, yeah, it's like 3-0 and yeah. or something. And yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, now you did start a lot in the minors, and then but you pitched almost entirely out of the bullpen for the Dodgers. How, was yeah. that um, was that just really the needs of the club, or did they really see you only as a relief pitcher? No, I, th- I think it was more combination. You know, if you know, you think about it. In the seventies, we were a pretty good organization, pretty good teams, and we were in the World Series three years, so we had pretty good pitching. My way of making the team was being that kind of a utility pitcher, if you want a word for it, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I could pitch in any situation for him, and I could throw a wood throw, you know, every day if I had to. You know, I mean, I pitched a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, this is a funny story that I actually literally just thought of, but when I was nine, I'm 49 now, you were the, I, I, the first time I ever called into a sports talk radio show was about Uh-oh. you, was about you. <laughs> and I asked, how come you had more wins than Rick Roden? Because <laughs> ah. you would get, that's the thing, you pitched so much, you would get a lot of decisions. Oh, uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was it, in the 70s, you know, in 60s when I was coming through the minor leagues, uh, baseball was managed differently. So you put in whoever was throwing good, and you just kept using them <laughs> until they didn't throw good. You right. know what I mean? Um, and that was, you know, I never gave it a thought. That's your pitcher, okay. You show up at the ballpark, you might pitch tonight. And you didn't get tired. Well, I got tired. I had a bad shoulder for oh. 25 years, you know. Uh, but I didn't get tired. I didn't get tired of competing. Let's put it that way. Oh, that's a, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, so, but they could. In other words, they need you three days in a row, or they need you for three innings one day and two innings the next day, or something. You can do it. Well, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that that kind of stuff was not a consideration. How did, um, how was, uh, and of course, so so you met Tommy for the first time years before, but when you were in the majors, like, how did the way Tommy handled the pitching staff compare with the way Alston handled the pitching staff? Uh, I would say, you know, two Hall of Fame managers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really had a tough, huh? Uh, Mm -hmm. I would say... Walter Ralston was harder to break in for as a kid. Okay. Because he didn't trust young players. Certainly didn't trust a young knuckleball pitcher, but he didn't trust his young players. Tommy, because he was such a a positive guy, uh, trusted uh, his young players much more. Different style. Uh, but he got us to believe, and myself to believe, that we we're going to win. We we're going to compete in the big leagues. So it, it was um, Walston, a very quiet guy, leaned on his veteran guys, and Tommy, very vocal and challenging all his young guys to win. Gotcha. So what did it take? You had three little abbreviated stints from 70 to 72. And then, so what did it uh-huh. take for you to to sort of seal the deal in 73 and stick? Well, it was kind of convincing, you know, and I did pretty well when I got, I go down into minor leagues and pitched pretty well. Um, it was convincing Walter Alston that I was ready to stay, you know, and, and could do the job that they needed done. Uh Sometimes it would be somebody that would sit in the bullpen for 10 days and not get up and then maybe pitch three days in a row, four days in a row. Who knows? You know? Uh-huh. They needed somebody like that because we were a very good team in, the, in that era. Uh-huh. And we got even better in 74 on, you know. Uh, 
big picture, you were you didn't have the defined role. You know what inning a guy pitches mm-hmm. as we do today. You just showed up at the park and maybe you come in and relieve in the second inning. Who knows? Um, was there a moment that sealed the deal for Alston? Do you think? Uh, you know what? I don't think so. I think I just kind of grew on him. Where he <laughs> kind of, where he kind of said, "Okay, kid's doing all right. Leave him in there." Yeah. And I would, and I, I could, you know, I was pretty versatile. I was obviously not having to throw hard. I was more versatile than the other guys. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, What's your favorite memory pitching for the Dodgers? Favorite memory pitching for the Dodgers. Gee whiz. So many. You know what? You, you could lump them all together. It's all the World Series. You know, we got a three World Series. Um, and my worst memory was losing three World yeah. Series. <laughs> yeah. You know? I guess so. And, and, uh, you know, and, and that's not all that bad. When you get beat in the World Series, you've done pretty good. Well, for sure. I mean, I think this team would, yeah. at this point, be happy to get there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you have Red Adams your entire time? All the way, yeah. And and t- can you tell me about him, what your impressions of him were? <laughs> my my impressions of Red Adams. <laughs> um, still the best pitching coach I ever met. Yeah. Um, um, he had a unique style of relaxed and... Uh, never tried to teach you until you and end up going to him. <laughs> what do I need to do, Red? You know? Yeah, uh, the... Um, he was, I've done several... I've done a good handful of interviews uh, with, like, uh, Hooten and Royce and uh, Bill Singer and a couple other guys, and the praise for Red Adams has been the thing that's really stood out to me. Everyone just seems um, to love him. The thing that really stood out, you know, he was humorous guy, just great guy. But he had the ability to coach everybody. I don't know I, I, if you understand what I'm thinking here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could coach me throwing a knuckleball. He could coach Andy Messersmith throwing hard. He could coach Jerry Royce. You know, he could coach any style of pitcher and not necessarily make them better but keep him as good as he was when he got there. Right. You know what I mean? He he just had that knack. Right. And Uh, and we had a very big variety of pitchers, style-wise, back then. uh, uh, Can you elaborate on that? Like, how how were the pitchers different from each other? Who was different from each other? We had Don Sutton with his incredible curveball. We had Andy Messersmith threw hard and had a great changeup. We had Mike Marshall with a screwball. We had Jim Brewer with a screwball. At B throwing a knuckleball. Bert Hooten with a really unique style. Uh, Jerry Royce, another unique, the big lefty, you know. I mean, it was, it wasn't like we had a bunch of guys that looked the same pitching. Uh-huh. And he could just, he could, whatever... He found a way to reach every one of them. Yeah, uh, that's pretty great. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, it was great. What was um, what was Marshall like, and how did he manage to pitch so much? And what was he like in the clubhouse? 
Who'd you say? Mike Marshall. Um, oh, boy, one of a kind. <laughs> Absolutely one of a kind. Yeah. Um, so I've gathered. Seven. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? <laughs> I liked him. Um, he was not always the most white guy in baseball, but I liked him. And he showed me a couple of little exercises that helped my shoulder. He was way ahead of his time. Yeah. Um, uh, in conditioning pitchers. Well, in general, I mean, he was obviously the most extreme example, but in general, it just seems like, again, the durability and the ability for pitchers to pitch long outings, and uh, I think they still, maybe when you first started, they still had a four-man rotation before they switched to five? Uh, we were four to five in there. I mean, you had four, you kind of had a five-man rotation, but the fifth guy didn't always start. Right. <laughs> They'd skip them once in a while. Now, did... Adams have anything to do with the ability, the sort of the endurance that the pitchers had? Uh, well, endurance. If we didn't have back then, we didn't have what you'd say, boy, conditioning for endurance and all the, the strength coaches and all that stuff. Um, what he did was I, I felt like he got you more efficient. Delivery-wise, so if you're more efficient, you can probably last longer. Gotcha. Okay. So, our, and if you look at our pitching staff in the, in the 70s, we had a lot of the same guys coming back every year and pitching a lot of innings. No, that's what amazes me. It absolutely, it's, yeah. it's such yeah. a contrast to today. It's, the, it's just the recurring reliability of the pitchers from yes. the 70s. Yes, yeah. Well, and you know what? I think it was a little bit easier to pitch then, too. Uh, is that because uh, you didn't have to throw quite as hard? or? Uh, no, no, nothing to do with throwing. I mean, to me, throwing hard is how hard you work to throw, not how fast the ball goes. You know what I mean? Okay. But I think the strike zone was a little bit bigger. I think that the... Average hitter today might be a little bit better than they used to be, a little stronger, a little faster. Um, the good hitters, the great hitters were great hitters forever, but uh, I think it might be a little bit harder to pitch today. Right? I think the strike zone's a little smaller. Did you have, did you or your teammates have much encounters with sort of the recent legends like a Drysdale or a Koufax? Did, were they, did you? See them in spring training or at Dodger Stadium? Ever? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What could yeah. you? What did you get? Yeah. What kind of encounters did you have with them? Um, wow, I mean, two, two wonderful people. You know, Sandy, well, Sandy still comes around a little bit. You uh-huh. know, uh, and he's terrific. Brilliant, brilliant coach too, Sandy Kovac, brilliant coach. But uh, Drysdale was. Uh, I'll tell you re- real quickly when I was in the rookie league. Um, then, uh, my first year in 66, I went to the instructional league in Arizona. Okay. Okay. Mesa, Arizona. And we were a bunch of the pitchers were down at the bullpen and a car drove onto the field through the big gate thing, you know, big, it was not big gate, just a door actually through the bleachers and a car drives up, a big Cadillac drives up, uh, out to the bullpen and it's Don Drysdale. Now, we, I've never met Drysdale, but a bunch of kids. 
and uh, he was still a big star, 66. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got out of the car by the bullpen. He got all to get all the pictures over here, and he opened the trunk of the Cadillac, and he had shoes for pitchers, all the pitchers. He had baseball shoes for it. Oh, yeah? You know, with the, with the toe plates, we used to have to have a toe plate so you didn't tear them up and stuff. He, just, he was in town to do a TV show, and he got, I think they were Spalding. I think he was for Spalding shoes, and he got the Spalding people to give him a bunch of shoes to bring bring for the, the young pitchers. That's, and, you know, that's kind of the way he was. He was one of those... Uh, uh, he was never bigger than the rest of the other guys, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's amazing. So here, here he, he was a star, and he thought of helping out the, the kids uh, playing rookie ball. Um, and uh, so, so I think in, so in 79, you finally started to start some games for the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, in 79, what happened? I think Burt broke down, Booten. I think he got hurt. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, a couple of guys get hurt. Hurt, uh-huh. hurt, hurt a leg or something, and uh, I ended up having to pitch a bunch of games. And was that something like you had been eager to do, or? Uh, you know, truthfully, yeah, yeah, because I, I, I thought it was easier to start physically. Okay, so it's much easier to start. You can be more on a schedule and. That sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, at that time, I well, actually, I guess the year before, uh, Bob Welsh arrives. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, were your, what were your impressions of him when he arrived? Oh, man, what an arm. What a competitor. You know, I mean, like in that era, you know, Dodgers in the 70s and, and getting into eighty. I mean, it was just like we just came up with player after player, and Bobby was one of them. You know what I mean? He was, he was the real thing. Yeah, um, and he obviously had the fastball. Was that was he a f- oh, sure. throwing that all the time, or what else was he throwing? Um, he threw a little bit of a curveball, but he was basically a hard thrower. He just went after him. Uh huh. Is um, what was it? he was real? I mean. And, you know, people always talk about Fernando, and obviously that's a unique story, but I think Welch was only, like, 21 when he got there. Oh, he was just a kid. Uh, Rick Roden was just a kid. Doug Rowe. I mean, that's. I know one thing. Tommy was not afraid to put in a kid. Yeah. And And bring him up. Rick uh, Sutcliffe, throw him right in there. And uh, was Welch... um, Cocky, confident, not intimidated. Was that what was his personality like? Uh, he was kind of a hyper kid, which I think got him in trouble. You know, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, very confident, cocky, wonderful kid. I yeah. mean, he was he was great to be around. Um, and then I want to ask you about sort of your coaching career with the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, first of all, who are the prime guys that you worked with? Oh boy. See. Could be a long list, I know. Uh, well, the latest one was Kenley Jansen. Uh, tell me about that. Oh, Kenley was our, just a few years ago. What year would it be? About 10, maybe? 
uh, that's when he converted, I think, 2010? Yeah, yeah, he was our catcher in uh, San Bernardino, and he was hitting 190, and we finally got him to let us try him on the mound. Um, worked out pretty good, I guess. Was it immediate? Yeah. Like you knew? Huh? Was it like you knew right uh, away? You know what? He was he was a different kid. He was, it was funny because the first half of the year he was catching and he was very kind of backward with people, you know what I mean? Which I thought was maybe language and stuff, but it wasn't. Um, I, I think he just felt he couldn't hit. Like he just couldn't play and he wasn't having fun playing. Uh-huh. And then uh, when we put him on the mound, he, he had just a little, he only pitched a few innings, but he had a little success. And he became this other kid, you know what I mean? He, he just had a new life and he knew he could play. Uh huh. And what kind of advice would you give him as for pitching? Uh, some kind of mediocre little tips on throwing. <laughs> but I would say more than anything to have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that nobody's perfect and, you, you know, a bad day on the mound is nothing more than that. It's just a... A bad day on the mound. You know, there's no, not the end of the world. <laughs> you come back the next day and throw the same stuff and you'll win. When you're working with like, when you were working with like an 18 or 19 year old, do they realize that you pitched until you were, you know, 46 or so? I typically no. I mean, when I first started coaching back in the 90s, yeah, because the kids that were in the minor leagues saw me pitch on TV probably. Uh-huh. But now, uh, gosh, they, they, nobody there would know who I was. You know, I mean, I, I retired 23 years ago, so at best, the guy was a couple of years old. Um, what was it like for you to retire at, finally after all those years? Um, you know what? My legs were so bad. I mean, it, it's tough to quit. It really was, I mean, because I enjoyed playing so much. But, uh, uh, you know, I was done. And, yeah. and I remember my, my last game walking off the mound, you know, I knew I was done. And I was thinking, it's you know, it's time for some kid to pitch, not me. Yeah. You know, I'm holding, because I'm pitching, some kid is not. And I know what I felt like when I was a kid trying to get in there. Yeah. Well, you nearly you know made, what I mean? Yeah. Somebody was going to replace me at some date, and I knew it was time. Oh, it says here it's your birthday. Yeah, today's my birthday. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, sure, just another one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm interrupting your birthday celebration, but... Um, <laughs> um, and any other um, good memories from when you were coaching? and any, uh, any any players or any memories that stick out for you? Ah, oh, gosh, they, they, it's all been good. You know that? Getting to coach, um, you know, I did two years with the Mets in New York and uh, working back for the Dodgers where I started, you know, 50, 51 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a dream. It really has. Uh, I was a, you know, a mediocre or decent high school player who wanted to play professional ball and uh, my whole life has been 
baseball. Did you, uh, like, uh, when you were in high school, did you, what did you realistically dream that you could do? Well, I, I really wanted to play third base for the Red Sox, but that <laughs> wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, you, did you have, uh, I'm trying to think of the guys from the 90s you would have had, did you have Valdez? Ismail Valdez? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I only had him in the big leagues. Oh, okay. Can you, yeah. What was uh, what was he like as a pitcher? Oh, he was pretty good. He had great control. Yeah. Great control. And uh, what did he throw? Uh, fastball, slider, curve, change. I mean, he was a, just a kind of a four-pitch mix, but he had great command. When he was on, uh, it was pretty solid stuff. Yeah, I uh, I feel like he's kind of an underrated guy, uh, as far as well, he had I mean, a pretty good career. Yeah, but you know, you, people don't talk about him that much. But he was—I mean, it was a little brief, maybe his career, but he—he he was a good, yeah, good pitcher. Um, oh yeah. Trying to think who else you would have had. Um, did you have Ramon Martinez at all? No. No. Nope. Okay. Um, I, had, I tell you, the guy I had that maybe the the Probably the most talented arm was Darren Dreyfus. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Great kid and incredible competitor, but he just had so many health issues with his legs that it finally showed up in his arm or two. Yeah, uh, no, it's a shame. I remember him coming out of college. Uh, Oh, my gosh, what an arm. He's like you, a a hitter and a pitcher, just like you. No, well, no, he wasn't like me. <laughs> he, he was a real hitter and a real pitcher. <laughs> uh, did you work with uh, Nomo or Park? Uh, Chan Ho, not Nomo. Okay, and what can you tell me about Chan Ho? Uh, another one. Great arm, great kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, beautiful kid. And, you know, he just handled everything great. I mean, I only coached in the big leagues here for you know, about a year with the Dodgers total, you know, over the two years that I was there. Um, but you also worked with guys... With who? You also worked with guys in the in the minors, though. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Not too many made it. You know, that's the deal is you spend a lot of time with guys in the minor leagues. And the percentage of them spending any length of time in the big leagues, pretty slim. Was there a difference, um, and I'm going to let you go soon because you've been really great with your time, but, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the exact year that the uh, Lasorda has to step down as manager, and then a few years later the sale happens, I think. Um, But could you see a change in the organization in the 90s from sort of the tradition they had in, in the 70s? Yeah, um, when I came back to work, when did I come back to work? 96. Uh-huh. Coach in San Bernardino, 96, 97, 98, 99. Then I went to L.A., but um, in 98, um, I think it was 98, that uh, they announced that uh, Peter O'Malley announced uh, that uh, Dodgers would be up for sale. That sounds right. Um, and it was, I don't know. I mean, we, I don't think the ball club recovered from him selling 
completely, I mean, till recently. You know, I think we're getting back to being, you know, that Dodger family type thing that we had. Uh, I don't know, it, it, it changed, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think of by by the 70s and then I suppose into the 80s, like the tradition, especially the pitching tradition of the Dodgers was so oh, yeah. embedded. Like you took it for yeah. granted almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the whole organization ran smooth, you know, and, and when anything gets sold and changed and different people come in, uh, everybody's got a different way to run things and it got a little confusing. And I, and of course, I left there too. You know, I I got fired again a couple times. So um, it, it's uh, it's nice to see some consistent stuff going on. Yeah. Well, it seems like everyone gets fired if you're not, unless you're Vince Scully, <laughs> at some point. Uh, yeah, that's an institution right there. Huh? Uh, last question: Do you remember the home run you hit? Of course. What was that? <laughs> what do you remember about it? I hit a fly to left and, uh, and it landed and got out. Bob Johnson was pitching, and I think we ended. I think we had a huge lead. He just threw one over the plate, and I happened to stumble into it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so I think that proved it. I think it proved you were uh, you, you were the two-way player they always thought you would be. There you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Charlie Huff. Uh, as a reminder, you can always follow me on Twitter at John Weissman, J-O-N-W-E-I-S-M-A-N. Um, we have an Instagram account, uh, which is at Dodgers underscore tradition. Of course, Dodger Thoughts continues to publish on its own idiosyncratic schedule a few times a month um, at dodgerthoughts.com. And yes, please uh, check out Brothers in Arms at your bookstore or on your favorite online book site uh, if you haven't already. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Spread the word if you don't mind. And we'll be back with another interview hopefully soon.